0: It's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 515 for December 16th, 2017, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Allison Hartley. Allison is the manager of the Napa branch of the California Department of Rehabilitation, and she's also a podcaster. She co-hosts both the Tech Doctor podcast with Dr. Robert Carter and That Blind Tech Show.
1: Welcome to the show, Allison. Thanks, Allison. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, the last time I think you were on the show was back in 2014 at the CSUN uh, Assistive Tech Conference. Uh, we did some sort of panel. We were we were having lunch, and I threw out a microphone. And we had some fun.
1: Yeah, I think we were going over the features in iOS 8 or something. Boy, that CSUN is a fun is a fun show. Oh man, I love it. I love it. You guys get the best toys. We do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is a really good show. Um, Allison was also the one who uh, helped me understand how the how to turn on Voiceover and mess with Voiceover on the iPhone X, and um, it was kind of funny. I was trying to test it, trying to figure out how it worked. I could not figure out how to get the gestures to work properly, and she volunteered to do a Skype uh, section segment with me. Where basically we just jumped on Skype and she did video for me, which is kind of funny for a, a blind person to suggest video. But had she not suggested video, I never would have been able to figure out that the gestures are actually reversed for sighted and blind people for getting into the home screen and getting to the app switcher. It's actually the opposite.
1: Yeah, the documentation really doesn't make it clear at all. It's really, it's one of the more frustrating things about the the whole um, deal that I've been experiencing with, with my iPhone. and not only did I manage it, but I managed it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. She had to turn the phone
0: around to face me and then do the gestures properly. But, uh, did you pull a muscle doing that? Are you okay?
1: I I somehow, I think I gained some new like level of dexterity achievement that day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should have. Well, before we jump into the main topic, um, tell, tell us a little bit about you. What is, uh, what is the, uh, California department of rehabilitation? What do they do and what do you do there?
1: So the Department of Rehabilitation is a state agency. We help people with disabilities to find employment. And initially when I became employed with DOR, as we call ourselves, I was a counselor and I worked uh, specifically with people who are blind, helping them to realize uh, independent living and employment goals, working on career counseling, coordinating services, like making sure that they had um proper blindness training and mobility training and all of the stuff that it takes to be a successful independent blind person. And eventually for a lot of folks, um, I would help with actually helping them to either go to school or utilize their existing skills to, to find employment. Um, I was also at the time working with older folks who just wanted to maintain independence in their home. And now that I am a manager, I actually work with uh, a staff, a, uh, team of staff who helps people with other disabilities other than blindness to find employment. So that's been really fun because I find that I'm learning so much about other disability populations and the different ways that that they live life and work and uh, use technology. So it's been really, really fun.
0: Oh, that does sound good because I, I, I know I get focused on uh, blind accessibility and I've been called on the carpet for always when I say accessibility, I always mean blind people. And so I've been given some uh, uh suggestions that maybe I could work on that. I'm not very good at it yet. But my answer usually is, well, teach me then. What are your <laughs> challenges? What do I need to know about all blind people are teaching me. So if you got challenges, you got to tell me what they are, because I'm not going to know them, right?
1: Right. That makes total sense. And I have to admit, I, I was just as guilty of that and still am to some extent, especially in, in the stuff that I do on social media. Um, but it was really only when I started working with what we call the generalist population, which is basically every other disability besides blindness and deafness, that I really became kind of more aware and cognizant of, of the different challenges that they face as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, let's see, you do two podcasts, I do. And soon to be three and possibly a fourth. So I don't know <laughs> when I'm going to find time to sleep.
0: <laughs> ah, Sleep is overrated. You can do that That's when right. you retire.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: so uh, we've talked to Dr. Carter quite a few times on the show, uh, your co-host with uh, with him on The Tech Doctor. I don't uh, know a lot about That Blind Tech Show.
1: So That Blind Tech Show is really new. It is part of the Blind Abilities podcast right now. We haven't broken out into our, our, into our own separate feed. And Blind Abilities is a network that um, does different uh, podcast episodes on all different kinds of things, whether it's training, whether it's kind of stories about people's journeys of blindness. But that Blind Tech Show specifically is a venture that I'm doing with my buddy Brian Fischler, who is a blind comedian in New York. Um, and if possible, he's a be- bigger Apple fan than Robert or I, combined. Um, and also uh, Jeff Thompson who is the, the owner of the Blind Abilities website and network and we basically sit around and we just talk about the various tech news of the day um, it could be Apple related it's, it's mostly Apple related because we, the three of us are very Apple centric in our tech use but we do try to branch out into other forms of technology sometimes accessible, sometimes mainstream and sometimes a combination of, of the two
0: well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, it is. You, you said you're a third one. What are you planning?
1: Yes. Well, there is another podcasting network called the Eye Accessibility Network. And I have been asked and um, was honored to accept the host position for um, their iCast, which is going to be an iOS centric podcast. I'm still very much in the planning stages of that one, but we are um, going to have a panel with, with rotating guests, which I hope you'll be one of them. Absolutely. Um, Oh thanks. Um, and we're going to just talk about um, iOS um, probably it's probably going to be another news and reviews with the, with an accessibility angle and we are I'm really hoping that we will be able to address accessibility from all disability perspectives as well. That's become very important to me. So it's going to be so fun. We're going to start what is up- accessibility if
0: it's not about iOS accessibility?
1: So iAccessibility mainly focuses on iOS, but it is a, a entire podcasting network um, that my friend Michael DeWise has has put together. He is a visually impaired developer himself, um, and over the years, he has expanded um, his podcasting to include uh, the iAccessibility podcast, which mainly does focus on iOS. But also he has one now called The Podcast, which um, deals with guide- was the uh, have all aspects of having a guide dog. Um, he has the IA unboxcast, cast, which um, deals with unboxing and and learning how to use all different kinds of mainstream and assistive technology. In fact, when I bought my Amazon fire TV, it was because I heard him unbox it first. Oh, okay um, so okay, it's really fun. it's really kind of expanding. He's gonna be doing the a cast focusing on Android as well. Um, we have another host for that. So it's really it's really kind of taken off. Okay, that sounds really cool. Well, yeah. okay,
0: that's probably enough background. Let's jump into what we really wanted to talk about. Um, when when uh, you first suggested coming on the show, which was, was great, I'm not sure why you haven't been a standalone guest before, I sometimes just don't pay attention, um, but you said that uh, your transition to the iPhone X from some other iPhone, I'm not sure which, was not as smooth as you would have hoped.
1: Yeah, it was full of trials and tribulations and eventually some triumphs, but it was it was a bumpy road at first. I got my iPhone 10. I I did end up ordering it on eBay because I was getting impatient because everybody was getting there. Did you really? I did because well I figured, okay, so I live about an hour from the nearest Apple store and I don't drive. So if I was gonna take an Uber, it would be over a hundred and fifty bucks round trip, oh, wow. you know, just yeah. to, just to get there and back. You know they deliver, sh- right? Well, yes. <laughs> and I had one that was on delivery, but I was going to have to wait a little bit longer. Oh, um, no. And I, I don't I don't do waiting really well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I, I did the math and I saw what they were asking for on eBay and I'm like, well, you know, it's about the same as if I would have just took the Uber, assuming that the phone was available at the closest Apple store even. Um, so I got it in uh, like three days instead of four weeks. So that ended up working out really well. Then I got it. It was like a Tuesday night or something. Did you and I'm pay like, double the price for it? No, I paid, I paid basically what it would have cost to With, take the Uber, to take the Uber. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Plus maybe just like fifty dollars more. So I was like, you know what? It's totally worth it. I'll just I'll just pretend that it's really expensive shipping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we all have our own ways of of uh, justifying, right?
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and believe me, as a government purchaser, I can justify just about anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it.
1: <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I got it on, on a Tuesday night and I was like, okay, great. It's six o'clock. I'm going to set this thing up, restore it from the iCloud backup and be in bed by nine, right? Wrong. Not quite <laughs> not, the way it worked? No, not, not even a little bit. So I fired it up and I was really impressed in the beginning of how nice it was to set up the face ID with voiceover. It talked you through the whole thing. It was like, oh, it, does. No, gotta, okay. it does. Yeah, it basically just has you um it 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 centers you in the camera it's like okay i can see you you hold it out maybe at arms length um and then you just slowly rotate your head in a circle a couple of times and it tells you the completion uh, percentage and it tells you no you got to move your head down a little bit move your head to the left move your and it was really flawless setting that part of it up but the phones of course shipped with ios 11.01 oh, no. and my iCloud backup was from 11.1 and this is where we descended into a hellish nightmare because I thought okay great it's going to give me the option to upgrade and it did it's like we'll upgrade and then we'll continue the we'll continue the restore I'm like all right cool I had I had done the thing where you um Hold your phone up to your old phone, and it tra- magically transfers your um, Apple ID and Wi-Fi information oh, let's, over. So let's that-
0: talk about how that works, because that that that's pretty cool. When when I did it, I could see that it showed um, a uh, that that squirly, swirly cloud sort of thing. That you held one phone over the other, and it actually used the camera to look at it. I think, it, but if you can't see that, how did?
1: Well, I could have done it with the camera with a little bit of patience, but there was also a pair manually option where I could go and get a code from the phone, from my original phone, and enter it on the new phone, and they saw each other that way. So, so did, it, inter- did it tell you that because voiceover was on? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay, I, that's good. I was able to swipe past the viewfinder of the camera and then it said pair manually button and so I just did that because I didn't want to really mess with the camera that day. <laughs> <laughs> my my camera skills are a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but that down the left.
0: Over the right. I could just picture right, it. Talking. I know, right?
1: <laughs> but that went off without a hitch. That was really easy. And you enter the passcode of the old phone and it and it magically copies all of that all of the Apple ID and Wi Fi data over. So that's so, a couple of so- less- it it i've done it but i didn't
0: actually pay attention to what it did when i did that so it it tells it your wi-fi passwords and what else
1: and and your apple id information it looks like it's pretty much just that but i have super secure passwords for everything thanks to one password so that was two less two less passwords i had to enter in which was good
0: oh but face Uh, id with one password oh it's the best thing ever
1: it really, it really is, except now I have to, I can't just kind of keep the phone on the arm of the couch and, <laughs> and get it with my finger. I have to like lift up the phone and oh, sit up, oh, you know, <laughs> it's a hard life, you know.
0: <laughs> I just found, uh, I was working on a video for Don McAllister and in the middle of doing this, I was using my iPhone 7 plus, that's what it was for the, for making the video. And there was a point that I needed to log into something and I, you know, I Stop the video so I didn't show my login and everything. But I had to double click a physical button, go get to or get to the homepage, open up one password, copy my or, you know, use my thumb to get into it, then copy my my username. And it was a long username, it wasn't my normal email address. So then double click a physical button to go back to the app paste, double click a physical button, go back over to the uh, to one password, copy that double click. Phys- I mean, I felt like I was getting carpal tunnel just just doing it, you know, and no, I
1: I hear you. The gestures are really, really elegant on the iPhone 10. Oh, yeah, just um, swipe
0: right, swipe left. Boom, 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 boom. Done. Yep.
1: And I have, so I have a, a work iPhone that's an iPhone seven. And so I'm constantly having to go back and forth and kind of retrain oh, my brain. that's hard. That's and hard. It, it's been really difficult. There's been so many times where I'm trying to swipe up on my iPhone seven to I'm like, why isn't this working? And I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. It's or different- worse yet,
0: you swipe up and yeah, now you're getting control center and control centers in the upper right. <laughs> that is, that yep. is something I really, I wish they had moved them both. Right. They could have moved it for both for for the old iPhones and the new iPhones and made everybody have to change. And I can see why they wouldn't want to. But it's just so confusing. Now, if you're helping someone, you have to know what model phone they have before you can tell them what gesture to do.
1: It's true. It's, it does make it the whole make process a little more fragmented. At least for us, though, for voiceover users, the control center gesture um, is, a, is a three finger swipe. So usually I manage not to not to trigger that. But I usually manage to trigger some sort of thing where it starts reading all of my icons. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. I I just want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <laughs> you
0: know, it's funny. I hear people in effect. I was just reading uh, somebody writing in the Mac Geekab Facebook forum. Uh, Or group or whatever it's called. Anyway, they, they were referring to, oh, I don't mind the lack of a home button. I wouldn't even use that sentence. It's not that I don't mind the lack of. It's I now hate the home button. I now actively dislike that and love Face ID. I mean, it's not the lack of, right?
1: Yeah, it, it's like I said, when we were talking the other day, I really don't know if I don't, I can't really say if phase ID is any faster than touch ID, because after a while, it starts you start to just not notice it starts to just be how you how you interact with a device. And that is the beauty of Apple. They get you used to the changes and make you love them pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've tricked you into saying nice things about uh the tra- about Apple and I don't think that's where you <laughs> meant to go with this, right? <laughs> well, so, no,
1: but it is. But it is a balance. So Definitely. you got you
0: got the two phones to talk to each other, uh but at this point has uh, have we gone through what happened with iOS 11.0.1 and 11.1?
1: Well, we we were we, when we last left our hero, <laughs> she was, our heroine. She was trying to upgrade to iOS eleven point one, so uh, the upgrade process triggered and it was downloading and it was great. And I'm like, okay, awesome. And then it said, it said, do you want to install this?" So I hit install, and then it says, "Verifying update," and it gets stuck on there for a little bit. I'm like, all right, it's just taking a minute. Then it says, "Cannot install, cannot verify update because you are not connected to the internet." And what? the only the only option was an okay was a was a, a try again or a cancel button. So I, I checked up in my status line because the way that you um, find uh, out your things like Wi-Fi signal is you touch up in the in the very top of the. Um, of the iPhone, where where you would see it visually, um, and it told In me three the upper of three, right, yeah, yeah, and it told me three of three Wi-Fi bars, full signal, and then it gave me my Wi-Fi networks. So I'm like, all right, I'm definitely definitely on the internet. Um, and so I, I kept trying to hit try again. I rebooted the phone, thinking went you know I had to go through the whole portions of the process, the setup process again, um. Finally, I ended up just doing a reset of all content and settings and started from the very, very beginning again. And that I still couldn't get the update uh, to verify. And I was like, so i this not- phone
0: at this point. Would you call that a clean install or no? No, it's I was not still really
1: trying. I, yeah, no, it wasn't really wiped. I was still trying to, still trying to restore from the iCloud back. It was, it was like a weird. As I was, a, when I was just doing a regular reboot, it was kind of like a a hybrid. It hadn't really. Yeah. It remembered. It remembered that I had that I had, you know, transferred stuff over stuff over from the other phone. Now, when I did the reset of all contents and settings, then it started way back from the very beginning, like a clean install, but I was stubborn. I still wanted to copy my stuff over. I didn't want to have to, didn't want to have to restart from scratch, but it, it just kept not working. And so finally I was like, well, I have to do something. Um, so I took my old phone. I, I, with great trepidation, hooked it up to iTunes. I did, I did (laughs) it. Just because the word iTunes was involved? Yes. If the word iTunes is involved, there's automatically trepidation. (laughs) (laughs) So I did an encrypted backup and I was like, all right, this will be fine. I'll, I'll update from this. So I hooked my uh, new 10 into the computer and iOS 11.1, at least uh, downloaded and installed without a hitch then um, and then I went to, uh, restore from the backup and I, and I noticed it's restoring really quickly. I was like, wow, this, <laughs> this new MacBook Pro is pretty neat stuff, you know? <laughs> but yeah, in the back of my mind at this point, it's now after my bedtime, it's after nine. And I'm like, Oh man, after nine, so, that's yeah. crazy talk. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Right. Especially on a, on a weeknight. But, um, but yeah, so then I went and, uh, and I noticed that the, install it to finish and voiceover was talking. I'm like, this is fantastic. So I unlock the phone with the, with face ID. And then I noticed that there are only three pages of apps and that the process to trigger the download of all of my apps I had on my old phone was not beginning. So I gave it a minute and I was like, well, maybe, maybe it will, uh, it will start. And it didn't. And just for giggles, I went into my settings app and I noticed that none of my settings had transferred over. Nothing beyond, basically beyond voiceover being on. Like what kind of settings would, would you have looked for? So let me think. Um, some of the finer Tuned uh, voiceover settings that I have, like the voice I had chosen, okay. wasn't there, and that was that was kind of like my first little. Yeah, you could tell right away if maybe something voice, was wrong. Right? Yeah, okay. and just the little ways that I had customized, you know, iMessage settings and you know all in and, and my mail settings and everything. Um, I noticed that none of that was there, and I'm like, what? What has happened? I restored from a full encrypted backup, so I ended up. Um, not only having to go in and, and recustomize all my settings from scratch, but I ended up having to uh, go into the app store and download all of my apps, which in a way, to to put a, to put a, a brighter face on it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it really allowed <laughs> me to, a,
0: to. How many fewer uh, uh, different apps did you have when you were done?
1: A lot fewer, <laughs> like three mine, pages fewer. <laughs> yeah,
0: mine usually ends up about an 80% reduction when I do it that way. And it takes about a year before it creeps back up into the same kind of number. (laughs) And they're different ones. It's not like all the old ones come back. Every once in a while, you're like, where is this thing? But mostly it's, wow, I really wasn't using that.
1: Exactly. So it it helped in that regard. But yeah, definitely got to bed after midnight and was tired the next day, all all because of my disastrous disastrous setup.
0: (laughs) Wow. So, uh, you're pretty sure that that was the, I mean, the best way to do it. You didn't try doing a complete nuke can pave at any point.
1: Well, eventually, I ended up having to because. <laughs> okay, so the tribulations <laughs> yeah, this is, continue. This is, the tribulations are, have not have have never really ended completely. Um, iOS 11 is is really great from a voiceover users perspective. Um, But there are some definite bugs, and some of them are that focus, at least on my iPhone 10, in certain apps, tends to jump weirdly around the screen, and sometimes it'll take me to the very bottom of the screen. And um, I thought at first that this was just something due to some sort of cruft that was left over from my um, awful um, encrypted backup. I was like, well, maybe there's some corruption there. So I ended up... A week or two ago doing a full nuke and pave okay. which I almost wanted to cry I was, like, I was like I'm basically I'm basically doing this again so but you learn
0: a lot it's a learning do. experience right you
1: do. and honestly I have never set up a new iPhone so fast in my entire life oh, <laughs> like really? I, I have it down to a signs now I can get it done in like an hour I was flying um So that was done. Um, but unfortunately some of the, some of the bugs of the focus bugs have, have persisted and will hopefully be, um, fixed in the, in the subsequent iOS updates, but if i bugs bugs where, um, you're, you're on the screen and focus from a voiceover user, user's perspective will jump. Um, for me at a lot, it goes to the bottom of the screen, but in some apps, it'll just kind of go back several icons, um, to where oh. i was before it's really annoying
0: okay i um, might have actually experienced this um let's see if people are hearing this show quickly before they listen to no cell they won't know what i'm about to say but if they have they will um i was testing accessibility of overcast on um uh, on ios 11 and it's not accessible to a great extent i don't recommend it at all for for uh voiceover users but the i podcast
1: player yeah. overcast yeah. Oh, but I use it I use it all the time. Okay, then
0: it's... you don't realize how much you can't see. There's a whole lot of it that just nothing at all happens. There's nothing there.
1: Oh my gosh, cuz I have no trouble with it.
0: Oh, ah, well, maybe this is timely. How about after we're done we'll take a look at that together. I I would like okay. to before I post that tomorrow because it's uh yeah, there's big sections like voice boost. Oh, it's not I not there i mean nothing yeah. happened well anyway I let me let me tell you what i did notice was i was i was moving around on screen i was i was i was checking like for different podcast uh podcasts and all of a sudden it jumped into one and played it and i'm wondering if that's that focus thing you were talking about that it actually moved over and selected something cuz i definitely did not double tap to play and it started playing
1: it it could have done. I have not really seen a a phantom double tap bug, but hmm. you know everybody's phone is a little bit different, so that's the beauty of bugs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, good. All right. So what happened next after you did the the full nuke and pave? Oh, did you explain why you did a nuke and pave?
1: Yes, I did it because I thought that it might solve some of the voiceover bugs that I
0: was, that I
1: was, um, experiencing because I thought it might be having something to do with my botched, um, encrypted backup. Okay. So I've been using it now. Um, and I, I enjoy it. I love my iPhone 10. Um, like I said, I don't really notice that face ID is any slower or faster than touch ID. It's just a different way of doing it. Um, I've gotten really used to it. And, um, it's amazing that, for me, as a voiceover user, that something like that even works. Um, so kudos to Apple for um for putting that together. but oh, I let me, uh, let me ask
0: you a question. do you use the um the attention so that there's a setting for attention for anybody who doesn't know uh, where you have to actually be looking at it, and I know some blind people don't have eyes that would work to do that. Do you use the attention part?
1: I do not. I wish for for you know ultimate security that i could but my eyes just don't focus enough to allow that to so, happen to do, like, so you tested yeah, it i did i did and i tried it over and over again and it i couldn't i couldn't get it to see that my eyes were, were there. And I I mean, obviously with having no vision, I couldn't even tell, you know, where my eyes were. I just kind of opened them and hoped that they would move, you know? (laughs) I know prosthetic eyes
0: screwed up. I should have made my brother test this. Well, actually I'd have to give him access to my phone. I probably won't do that, but he's got one prosthetic (laughs) eye, but uh, uh, I understand for a lot of people that doesn't, but it was pretty cool that they already had built into it the method to say, okay, well, don't have, don't have to have focus. So it does have to recognize your face, but that's not quite as good.
1: It sounds like
0: it's still pretty good.
1: It's still pretty good. I mean, for for security to really be compromised, somebody would have to take the phone away from you, know, to activate the screen and put it in front of your face um, for for it to be unlocked without attention mode being on. So it would have to be a fairly savvy criminal who would really, really – a know a little bit about the inner workings of voiceover, and B want to get access to your data instead of just your phone. And if somebody's going to steal your phone, typically they're going to do they're going to do a snatch and grab and run. Um, they're not gonna they're not gonna try to to get at your at your stuff.
0: Yeah, there um, is a gesture. There is a thing you can do. I think it's. I'm, I don't want to tell him. You squeeze the wrong thing. all the buttons.
1: Well, squeeze,
0: I thought it was a certain number of times, like five clicks or something like that. To uh,
1: that to is stop. one way to do it. You can five-click the power button, but also if you if you're like walking down the street and you feel like you're in an in an area where you might want to protect your uh, phone with just the passcode, you can also just reach into your pocket or purse and squeeze all of the all of the buttons, the like side button and the uh, volume together. Okay. Yeah, and then it won't unlock. Uh, So that's mostly
0: the illegal search and seizure gesture.
1: That's right. (laughs) That's what that one's for, right?
0: (laughs) I always figure when people are talking about, you know, uh, it's so many times we lose focus on what's really important. If someone is taking your phone and trying to get you to open uh, with your eyes, you know, you have other problems to worry about than the loss of that phone and the data. Exactly. I I remember years ago uh, when we had a live-in babysitter housekeeper for our children, uh, somebody actually said to me, are you really gonna trust him in your house with all your stuff? <laughs> I'm leaving her with my children. It is, yeah. It's not my VCR I'm worried right. about, sweetie. Oh my you know? yeah. <laughs> but it but it's so often it's like, well, you know, they could cut your finger off and then use your finger on touch ID. I was like, Yeah, but they're cutting my finger your off finger is the off. point yeah. of this story, you know. <laughs> it's not my phone I'm worried about. I'm I'm exactly. good. I would like yeah. my finger back, please.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so now it seems to be working well for you and you're pretty happy?
1: I I am. I do feel a little bit. I'm I'm kind of starting to to notice, um, as you have with some of the hardware problems that, that you've had with your with your Mac though. Oh, I haven't that- had any trouble with hardware. What are you talking about? Just all of <laughs> Not my Macs, all.
0: all of my iPhones, all of my iPads, all of my <laughs> AirPods. And you know what? My my trackpad and keyboard seem to be working pretty well now that I've turned off uh what is it, continuity or handoff or whatever it's called? Oh,
1: right. Yeah.
0: Once I got that turned <laughs> off, I can use most of my hardware. By the way, the F key is failing on my MacBook Pro. (laughs) Oh, no. I've just been ignoring it. (laughs) I shouldn't be using that word so much anyway.
1: (laughs) But yeah, this kind of really brought home to me, this was the first kind of experience that I have had with the poor quality control that seems to be plaguing Apple kind of on a a company-wide level. And I almost kind of wish... That they would stop running the rat race and that they would maybe like take a year where they don't necessarily release any new hardware, where they just focus on fixing all of the bugs and problems in the hardware and software that they have. They have enough. iOS 11
0: was supposed to be that release, right? It wasn't supposed to. It wasn't a big. Well, iOS 11 was a fair enhancement. I guess it was uh, high Sierra was not a big enhancement.
1: Yeah. But um, you know, and I, its funny because I don't really use my Mac for much now beyond recording pod, recording really? and editing podcasts. No, I do most of my home computing on my phone. And everything, everything that I need to do—from tweeting really? to to a lot of my voice chatting to reading books to social media—everything, it's all. So on do my you phone. type on that little keyboard using the voiceover keyboard typing method? I do that. I use dictation. I use a method that's called Braille screen input, where you can actually flip your phone on the side and type in Braille on the screen. It's pretty wild. I've seen that. I can't imagine using my phone as my main computing
0: device. I mean, I I can, I could almost squint and do 30% using my iPad, but mm-hmm. and, and it's a 12.9-inch iPad Pro, so it's right. like almost a laptop, but it's not even close to 50% of what I do.
1: But when you take that visual component away, it the the screen side be, size becomes really irrelevant. I guess so, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I just love the convenience of being able to pull out my phone anywhere and know, you know, okay, this task that I want to accomplish I can do on a on a a Uber or on a bus or at home or wherever I happen to be, and it's all the same experience. Do you do you blog at all? I do not. I have I have threatened to blog on several <laughs> occasions.
0: <laughs> I, I, if I named my shows, that would be the name of this show. I've threatened to blog on several <laughs> occasions. <laughs> Interesting. But, I, I that that's one of the big things that I do. All of my blogging through MarsEdit on the Mac, and I have mm-hmm. not found a good. Blogging, a piece of software where I can actually write the way I want to write on the iPad, that then I can push to my uh, to my WordPress blog. I, I've tried several, and they're just they're just cruddy. I don't like them.
1: Yeah, I think if I were to start blogging, I might take advantage of the, some of the more advanced um, features of of drafts, which lets you either write in Markdown or well, um, I hate Markdown. <laughs> I want to learn it. I, I'm I'm very curious. I have a book um written by Matt Gemmel who's a very interesting person that everybody should follow on Twitter if you're not mm. um and uh i have thought i've wanted to learn markdown for a while but then also the wordpress app itself from the little bit of poking around i've done when i've when i've been threatening to blo- to blog mm. <laughs> seems to be pretty accessible too at least the at least i've looked at the account creation screen um and yeah, that i never found it to
0: be very good um, mm, that's it wasn't very useful to me, but, uh, it, the problem I have with Markdown is, I mean, you can put in links and stuff, but you can't put in images and images are a big part of what I do. Maybe right. not as much what you would do.
1: It probably wouldn't be as, as big a part. No, yeah, if
0: it's pure text, I think you'd be okay. And it's, and it's easy. I mean, there's not much to it, and, and it actually, I mean, I, I downplay it a lot, but basically just because it doesn't work for me, it doesn't do what I needed it to do. It is missing giant features that I use in blogging, and uh, um, HTML works better for me for that, but if you were doing pure text, it's actually really easy. Like, it, it, to do a list in HTML is open angle bracket, O-L, close yep. angle bracket, open U-L, whatever, you know, L-I, it's all this, this crud, and in markdown, it's star.
1: Wow. <laughs> it starts a bulleted
0: list. <laughs> so a little bit less complicated, a little yeah. bit easier to read. I'm going to, cont- I will concede that point, but <laughs> it's sort of like, you know, a hammer is really easy, but I can't cut down a tree with it.
1: Exactly. It you doesn't do what I need it to works do. for you. Yeah. yeah. that makes total sense. And that's what I say to a lot of my a lot of my friends who, um, you know, use different platforms and different different technologies. I'm like, don't feel like you have to, you know, be a fan of one or the other type of technology out of some sense of brand loyalty. Use what works for you. No, these are religions. You have to use what (laughs) I believe in. The almighty Apple. Yes. (laughs) With our God, Steve Jobs.
0: It is. It is good to uh, to be realistic about this. I I go back and forth on I, I don't know that they have to take a step back, as you suggest, and not do any kind of updating of hardware. But with as much money as they have and as many people as they have, they could apply more controls in quality than they are. I they think. could and they should. And, and yeah. you know, we've seen in the last couple of weeks some of the bugs they've introduced trying to fix bugs that just looks like they're you know monkey slapping a keyboard right now, mm-hmm. and that that doesn't really give you confidence that they've embraced quality control um, it's almost like they're working like an agile company with uh, you know, really quick turnaround, like a little startup. And yet they've got billions of users and it's like, well, you can't really do that. You got to check, you got to check this stuff. Like you might want to look for that security stuff before you push those buttons.
1: Right. With nearly a trillion dollars in the bank, I think they can, they can take a few extra minutes or days or weeks even, and and make sure, make sure that, make sure that you're, that you can't, you know, you can't anybody can't log into the root user, for example, that would be on the
0: list, you know, maybe,
1: (laughs) maybe a little closer to the top. I'm just saying, yeah,
0: (laughs) I'm not a big proponent of check. Uh, In my, my working life, we learned about the concept of Muda from the Japanese, which is waste. And one of the biggest things you can do in terms of waste is check. So Mm -hmm. having inspection of every car as it comes off the assembly line is waste. But building the quality into the first place, putting effort into making sure that stupid stuff doesn't get built is is a better way to go. It's less waste. You are going to save money and save and, and make a better product overall for the end customer. So I'm not really a big proponent of they should test everything and they should check everything as much as, you know, maybe you're not applying the right business practices up front to build quality into the products that you used to.
1: You know, the same can be said for for accessibility as well. It's much easier to to build it in and do it right in the first place than than to bolt it on. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: I, you know, I was um, I was briefly not briefly for several years actually a contact I met through uh, CSUN, got me onto the board of the um, computer science program at Santa Monica City College. And oh, nice. so, yeah, it was really fun. Once a year, you just go pontificate, say whatever you want, and they say <laughs> say you're amazing, and then you leave, and you don't have to implement anything. It's like being a consultant, except you don't make any money. But it's really, oh. it's it's ego building, because they sit there and listen to you. Um, awesome. <laughs> they They mostly said nothing we told them they could ever implement. But the one thing I really, really pushed on was they had a woman there who was the Department of Accessibility and I said and I, I said, I really think that you should not do it that way. I, I mean maybe she her job needs to exist, but I think that what makes sense is that every class you you have on in computer science should have the accessibility components there and it should have security in there. You don't mm-hmm. you don't go back and then oh then I had to take a security class oh then I'll take a, a an accessibility class right. it ought to be here when you're building it this is what you do and that that's what Bart's been doing in programming by stealth is he's been teaching us the aria labeled by kind of stuff as we're writing HTML so that we. As we learn how to write HTML, we learn how to write it in an accessible way, not in an inaccessible way. And then later on go, oh, no, I got to go back and put all my ARIA labels in. It's like, no, that's how you write HTML. You have these labels. That's what you do in your forms. They're going to be in there.
1: That is fantastic, Bart. Bart is really cool. I wanna, I wanna uh, go back sometime in my spare time and, and do the programming myself. <laughs> it's been really fun.
0: I mean, we're uh, we're forty five episodes in, and and uh, it's I, I got I'm not gonna lie. The JavaScript part of it is is tough for me, but I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there, and we're we're slogging through. And Bart's not going to let me give up, so that's good. But the the HTML stuff I thought was really fun, and there's a whole section on HTML5 forms uh, that is is really good, and that's where he teaches us the aria labeled by stuff. And oh, uh, that's
1: fantastic because that is kind of the bane of my existence is filling out forms online sometimes because accessibility can can very wildly to where I can fill it out, you know, practically in my sleep to I can't access a darn thing on this form to fill it out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about how easy it was for you to use Skype today.
1: Oh, my God, it was. (laughs) So
0: Microsoft updated and improved Skype.
1: Yes, except not if you're a voiceover user.
0: <laughs> yeah, her microphone was set to the wrong mic, and that happens all the time in every yes. audio application. Skype is not the leader in that. They're just mm-hmm. a you know, a medium player in sending the audio to the wrong microphone from the wrong mic. But uh, I, with my very limited skills in voiceover, I could never have changed that microphone. I, I could not figure out how to even start getting into it. And you eventually beat it into submission, but there might have been some non-Girl Scout safe words along the way.
1: Right. It it took it took quite a lot of it took quite a lot of effort to to do it because they changed the um the type of button that you push um to select Uh, your audio source it said it was one kind of button but what it did for voiceover users is what is that it opened like a menu further down the screen so you had to scroll over to the menu choices um, I don't even know how you got into the box though it kept telling me I had to hold down control
0: option shift down arrow to interact but it would never interact so I don't even know how you got that far
1: yeah, I was. It put me right in the. It put me right in the box with the with the preferences, but um, it, it took a couple of times even for that to work. So it, it, the new Skype is for a voiceover user is not an improvement at all, and it's such a shame because in in other areas, Microsoft is is innovating um, in some ways more than Apple. Some ways using using Apple's own own platform to to innovate, especially on iOS, um, to make other apps really accessible, but Skype. Oh, they need to go back and 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 just rewrite that sucker from the ground up from a voiceover perspective, or or fix, find a way to fix what they've already done to make it more accessible.
0: I wonder. Uh, do you have contacts in there that you can talk to to uh, to try to find out what the um what the problem was, like did did they forget that separate class on accessibility?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I actually follow the the Microsoft accessibility main account and I believe they follow me because sometimes they like my tweets. So I do need to write a people have been writing to them and they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna fix it. But I'm like, when? When guys, because this sucks, you know? People have been talking about how bad it was, but my Skype had not auto-updated. Oh, um, so you were fine. Until, you were just ignoring yeah, it? until today. I was like, oh, la, 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 you know, <laughs> but now, now I cannot, I cannot be silent.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think it should be that hard.
1: No, it definitely shouldn't. I should not have to basically relearn how to use an entire piece of software. Well, everybody um, else
0: had to relearn it too. Just so you know, we sat well, there that's true. going. I mean, well, it's just something simple. Like you used to go yeah. into the settings uh, for the app or preferences for the app in order to change your audio settings, but mm-hmm. they broke it out as an as a whole separate line item. And and right. I mean, that's fine until you. I mean, you're looking for it going. Wait a minute. Now I can't control my microphone. If it was the first time you saw the app, it wouldn't it would make a fair amount of sense. But uh, they love moving the controls around on the screen. They do. They now the uh, the chat is on the left. It used to be on the right. They uh, it's like, well, what did that help to flip it to the other side? That didn't do anything. Again, if you saw this app for the first time not for a voiceover user, but for a sighted mm-hmm. user, if you saw it for the right. first time, you'd say, oh, wow, this is really pretty. And you would wiggle things around and you'd look and you'd see what the different icons mean and you'd test them. It's if you knew it already and they just, it feels like change for change's sake. It doesn't feel like it's better than it was before.
1: It does. And just to kind of of go back over what I said before, I don't think anybody should have to, you know, blind or sighted or in between, nobody should have to learn how to use an entire different, you know, to relearn an entire app. Uh, It's just bad design if they change it that much, I think, unless they're really giving you some warning, like, we're changing the interface, and here's why, because we think it's going to be better, but... No, Alexa, I was not talking to you. Uh, uh, <laughs> she, she, the girl just has to just chime in every now and then.
0: <laughs> I've been telling people I figured out the difference between Alexa and Siri. Oh, okay. She just woke up for me. That's good. Uh, Alexa is a dog, and Siri is a cat. So when yeah. you ask Siri to do something, she goes, "I don't know if I'm going to do that. Sure. Shh. I I don't know if I'm going to do that. I don't really, you know. I might." Might not. I'll let you know. But but Alexa, on the other hand, is like, hi, hi, I'm right here. Did you want to talk to me? Ha, 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 yeah. I'll do anything you want. Did, 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 are you looking for friend, me? I can help friend, you. Yeah. yeah. Be my friend. That <laughs> is so the true. difference between Siri and uh, and uh, Alexa. So that
1: is a wonderful analogy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've lit up every device and I don't care. Um, why don't you tell people how they can find you and follow your work?
1: Sure. So I am most easily reachable on Twitter. Um, That is hot for technology, hot, the number four technology. Um, If you would like to subscribe to the Tech Doctor podcast, you can uh, find it in your podcast player of choice or go to dr-carter.com. If you'd like to subscribe to that blind tech show through Blind Abilities You can either go to blindabilities.net or use your favorite podcast player of choice. Uh, In the show notes, it says blindabilities.com. Oh, should it be you know net? what? No, you're right. It is dot com. Sorry. All
0: right. Well, good. They got a double <laughs> plug for that. <laughs> Making a mistake always gets you extra credit there. All right, Allison, thanks so much for coming on the show. I'll be uh, would love to have you back anytime you've got something you're passionate about. And uh, I hope I didn't make you sound too optimistic compared to what your show notes originally <laughs> said.
1: <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Because you, with all the stuff, you take the good with the bad. And, and thank you so much for having me. I would love to come back.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads. It's supported by you. If you learn from the show, or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says support the show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal, or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at Podfeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.